here was the perfect metaphor. Opposite teams, bitter, hateful rivalry, and both from the exact same home. Burning with that anger, my father took the abuse from my grandfather, and he took extra hits when he was trying to protect his younger brother, my Uncle Jeff. It was that burning anger that my dad brought everywhere. One summer at the bungalow colony, in a burst of it, I remember him being so mad he flipped over a pool table. A pool table? It took four of us to lift one of those. And when I was growing up in Brooklyn, nearly every door in our apartment had a huge, deep dent right at the center of it, from where my dad, in whatever fight he was having, punched a hole in it. His bedroom, every bathroom, they all had a hole. But you know what room was never touched? My room. It was the room I shared with my sister. He would never lay a hand on my mother or any of us, and he never punched a hole in our door. So here's where the lightning story takes its turn. My father may have never been one for introspection, but when I was born, he recognized the choice in front of him. Indeed, until that moment, as much as he didn't want to be like his own father, my dad was on my grandfather's path. My grandfather was a salesman in the garment industry, working with schmatas. My father was a salesman and buyer in the garment industry, working with schmatas. My grandfather was a natural charmer, able to sell air to a fish. My father was a charmer, able to sell air to a fish. Two lightning bolts, one following right after the other. But when I arrived, my father made his decision. For all his faults and bluster and repetition of his father's faults and bluster, my dad was more determined than anything in this entire world to be the most loving father on this planet. And that is where my father beats every single person in this room. My first memory of my father is him coming home from work when I was little. He'd pick me up and put me on the top of the refrigerator, my little feet dangling over the freezer door. And in that moment, I realized he had the two things he loved most in his life together in the exact same space, his family and food. As I got older, when I started writing and I asked my first editor how do books sell, he told me that books are very different than movies. With movies, if you like the preview and the big star, you go see the movie. But with books, it's usually because someone says to you, you gotta read this book. So he said to me, if you want your novel to sell, one of two things has to be true. Either you know lots of people, or you know a couple of people with really big mouths. Now let's really talk about my father. He was a big guy, big presence, big voice. As a dear friend said, you knew when he entered the room, any room, whether it was nearby or not. People just took to him. They were pulled to him like gravity. And with that voice, how you doing? What's it make a difference? His first impression was that of a mobster. And for those who hated him, I'm sorry to break it to you, but he hated you too. He was a giant ball of chaos and emotion, and it never mixed well with those who demanded too much order in their lives. But at the center of that chaos was always one thing, a blind, animalistic devotion. No one was as devoted and as protective as my dad. When I was nine or ten, back in Brooklyn, I remember when a group of older boys pretended they were my friends and said, come on, come hang with us. These were the cooler kids, so I was excited. But the moment they had me alone in the little jungle of trees behind our old apartment building, they took handfuls of prickly, itchy plants and rubbed them in my hair, where they nodded and were unable to be taken out without cutting. I ran back to my apartment hysterically crying. 
but it was my father who found me. I remember his rage as he asked, Where are those boys now? I remember following right behind him as he plowed downstairs, raced up to them and literally grabbed the main bully by the neck and lifted him physically off the ground. The threat was a real one. You go near my boy again and I will kill you. I remember being thrilled my father was doing it, even though I was just as terrified that he was really going to kill this boy. That's not an exaggeration. My favorite thing is that in the past few days, a dear friend reminded me of when we were sitting at a Marlins game a few years ago, and I saw a group of boys starting to bully Jonas and Matthew and Nicholas, my son and his friends. He reminded me that I exploded, threatening to beat up these little bastards who were messing with my boys. As my friend said, that's not a Terry influence, or a Flam influence, or an NMB influence. That was pure...